This call may be recorded or transcribed. Hey, little man. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. It's been a busy, somewhat fragmented day, but uh, everything's gone pretty well so far. That's good. Oh. How's your trek going? Uh, it's okay. I'm, uh, where am I? I'm down by going past the uh, Salton Sea. Nice. Yeah, I've never been on this road before. Um, 78 West. Uh, I've never been to, well, no, I have been to Salton Sea when I was a kid, but I've never seen it as an adult. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I can kind of see it in the distance. But yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of failed dreams here. <laughs> what do you mean by failed right? dreams? You know, you know the story, right? Is this like a so, man-made lake or something? Yeah. So like, um, uh, well, man-made. I'm not. Sh no, I don't think so. I think it was natural. Um, but, you know, like most things, LADWP ruined it. And, uh, right. yeah, when they diverted water, or I don't know, something about they diverted water, I think, well, they ruined the Colorado River for one thing, and then something, and then it got messed up here because of that, even though it has water. So I, I don't know that they necessarily diverted it away. I, I'm not sure what the thing is, but there's no outlet for it, and then, like, it's full of salt and stuff. Yeah. Like the Dead, well, like you, the dead Sea. What did you say by brewing dreams? Uh, dreams? Failed dreams? You say something about, like, ruined, ruined dreams? Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Because um, <laughs> there's a whole planned community that that like in the 50s, was it 50s, 60s, uh, 50s, I think, maybe 40s, um, that they started out here. It was supposed to be a resort area. And then uh, um, with messed up stuff happening with the lake and stuff, and people started leaving, and then like, I think there's even a restaurant that's partly underwater and stuff like that. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, they're like, if you look it up online, like, you watch videos or see photos and stuff, you'll see all the, like, you know, uh, uh, ruins and dilapidated houses, like, I don't know, and then you'll see, like, dead fish bones everywhere, and it's, it's really sad. Wow, so something that should have been full of life and people kind of got constipated and is now just better and dead. Right. And so, like, my grandparents had a lot out here, and I think it went to my oh, uncle. Wow. And then my parents had a lot, and then they gave it they gave it to Lake Avenue Church. <laughs> I don't know whatever happened with that, but... <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that's... Uh... So, speaking of... Uh... Things that should have been alive but are bitter and dead. 
How's your identity right. doing? My identity crisis? Yes. Yeah, so um, catch up. If we ever post this on the podcast, let me just summarize our last conversation. Is that you had some, uh, let's say, a frustrating personal conversation. And my suggestion was that the real reason, uh, the underlying reason for the, this, the, the uh, misalignment, let me say, is your buried anger that you've never been able to articulate. And so my proposal was that uh, you find some time to sit down with this person and actually tell them that you're angry and why, rather than just reacting based on the anger. Yeah. So you want me to tell her that I'm angry at her? Yeah, and the the uh, it was another thing about this. I titled this episode "Loki Picks the Fight." And what's interesting is that, you know, you know, we talked about this about how we have these buried parts of ourselves in order to fit in society, and like, in some ways, it's good that they're buried. Just like, you know, they killed the Sultan Sea so that Los Angeles could live. But it's also deeply sad and tragic. And the whole point of the gospel is that these parts of ourselves that we have lost and have been fighting in order to survive, you know, that there is a way forward where we can reconcile those. The difference is that the world's answer is sort of the Loki answer is just burn it all down, right? We talk about, you know, destroying civilization or running away to a ghost town. But the really interesting idea of the gospel is you pick a fight. So the world tells you pick a fight, you can win. But in some ways, the gospel is pick a fight, you can lose. <laughs> okay. Right, and that rather right. than like saying I'm angry and this is all your fault, say I'm angry and this is the sin I need to be set free from. Mm. It, 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 this is what I learned when I had my. I think I shared this in the last episode, right? My uh, college moment was I realized I have a right to be angry. I have just as much right to be angry, if not more so, that other people have to judge me and diss me and control me and tell me that I'm unrealistic and irrational or whatever, I have a right to be angry. So it's really important to start there. But it's also kind of important not to, to stop there, is, is to say I am angry and I need to learn how to forgive even if I'm not ready to yet because I need to own the anger before I can give it to Christ. Hmm. Right. That makes sense. You can't give something you don't own, right? Right. I mean, this is a lot of religion um, uh, cheats us by hurrying towards, well, let's just, you know, kiss and make up and pretend nothing ever happened. Right? right? And that is expedient, but it is not wise. Right? And let me rephrase that. It is, if you don't have Christ, it's the best you can do. If you just keep burying things under deeper and deeper layers of sediment. 
but like the whole promise of the gospel is that if you know Jesus, if you know the power of the cross, if you're willing to let go of your past identity, there is a much better way that will make you and everyone else make you much happier and eventually make everyone around you much healthier too. Uh, I'd like to say the truth will set you free, but it will mess you up first. (laughs) Right. So does it feel like something that you can do and will do? Um... I have to keep thinking about it. I was thinking about it. You know I like keeping the peace. And the cost of keeping the peace like that is long, drawn out, not peace. But you know what I mean. So this is a great question. What is your greatest fear? Um, I think... Hurting somebody. Interesting. I've often thought your biggest problem is actually your compassion. Oh, really? Yeah, because we talk about anger and, like, oh, the world sucks, and, you know, you want to just run away. But, like, in some ways, it's like, well, you don't actually want to get angry and hurt people. You don't actually want to abandon people and make them feel bad. You know... Uh, as much as you hate the system and hate being stuck in these dysfunctional codependent relationships, there's a part of you that genuinely and probably honestly doesn't want to hurt them. Yeah. And the funny thing is, this is. I don't want to be indebted to anyone. I don't want to be indebted to anyone, and I don't want them to be indebted to me. That's why I always felt. In the next life, if God just lets me go off somewhere where there's no one else, I'll be fine. <laughs> or even in this life, uh, right? So, so, yeah, so, so what do you mean by, so how do we get from hurting people to being in debt? Because if I hurt them, I feel like I owe repair. I owe healing. Interesting. And does that only apply if you hurt people on purpose? Well, more so than if I don't, but it applies, I think, somewhat to if I don't do it on purpose. Right. And do you think you don't hurt your family (laughs) by the way you are now? (laughs) I know, right? That's why it's just better to be an island if you can. Well, but this is the thing, right, is that if those are the only options, right, but, like, this is great because you talk about debt. And you ask the reason, why did Christ have to die? And this is the fourth reason, is because there are debts that we owe that we cannot pay, and we think the only way out is to ignore them. Mm. Because it feels like all the alternatives are actually, will actually make our debt worse, right? Mm-hmm. It's better to live a miserable life and be passive-aggressive toward people then rip off the bandage and actually cause them direct pain by your conscious action. Right. And like, I don't want that to do is, that. 
Because, and you know what that is? I think that's actually a slave mentality. Because hmm. we're talking about the idea of manhood, and like, you know, and like, to, to divert a river is a very manly thing. It's like, this river is in the wrong place. I'm going to move it. And I don't care if it destroys communities or ruins the ecosystem. Damn it, I need the water. This is my family. This is my city. This is my kingdom. And I'm going to move a mountain if I darn well feel like it. Save the salt and sea. Save the salt and sea. This is why, actually, I can understand the sort of uh, masculine uh, opposition to environmentalism. Right? Because literally, California is a testament to what happens is when you prioritize the environment, nobody builds anything anymore. Right? <laughs> yeah. It is not in any ways to demonize environmentalism. Like, I like being able to breathe the air. <laughs> I like my water not right. poisoning. I like the fact that my right. kids are not growing up pumps full of wet. Like, there is a place for environmentalism. There's a place for paying down your debts. But there's also a place for facing up to the debt and saying, dang it, this is the right thing to do. And if it costs me something, I'm going to do it anyway. Right? That is the like the manly thing. That if they may kill me, they may imprison me. You know, I may burn in hell for doing this, but I'm going to no. do it because I believe it's the right thing to do. Ernie, what? I don't think you'll be so nonchalant about hell if you were in it. <laughs> the funny thing is, though. There's two different ways to go to hell. Okay. One is by running away from your pain and your debts. <laughs> right? <laughs> and the other yeah. way is by following Jesus. Because did not Jesus himself descend into hell? Yeah, that's what it says. That's right. Yeah, and we always talk about following Jesus, but we usually stop well short of the cross. Never mind going to hell. But what I did he really go there though? Was that a metaphor, or was that did he actually go to the physical whatever it is? I mean, what exactly? I mean, is heaven in? I mean, technically, hell or Gehenna, whatever, was a physical place which was used as a metaphor for something. I mean, literally, what the hell it is, I do not know. <laughs> right. right. I mean, and I'm using the word technically there, right? <laughs> right. You know, That's funny. Like, like literally, I mean, like, how do we know, right? This is all very, uh, like, we we don't know any of these things, what these words mean, what they meant, and how it plays out in practice. And like, you know, that's almost beside the point. Right. The point is, is that the reality. And this is the interesting thing about what I'm discovering in this, the whole. Is that there are deep psychological realities that we face. You know, when we live in society and civilization, and whether you believe in Jesus, whether you believe in a spirit, whether you believe in an afterlife, this reality is true. You know, we deal with this stuff all the time, and the the practical matter is. We are afraid of our own private hell, whatever that is. Um, and 
there is a, and yet perversely, we will choose what we think is a lesser hell because we fear, maybe that's the maybe, maybe we choose our private hell over the public hell. Right? The private right. hell of being miserable inside is better than the public hell of having people look at us with disgust or having to see oh, yeah. sane in their eyes. Yeah. And that is the cross that you refuse to bear, which is why you are not free. So just, I should just go around and like, just try to cause myself as much suffering as possible. (laughs) So this is interesting. This is not what I said, and I'm curious why you heard that. Literally, the whole title of this episode is Loki picks a fight. You pick your fights carefully. Right. So you're saying right. that I shouldn't go around and try to and purposely uh, cause myself suffering? No, correct. Um, that's my job. But the uh, <laughs> and I hate the competition. No, um, well, wasn't it? <laughs> isn't it better to choose it than try to avoid it? Like I've been. I think I shared this, uh, this story here, uh, maybe not on this podcast, but when, when you were working for me on the Swan Factory, right, mm-hmm. I, was, I assigned you to create the game level, and I was really tempted to take it away from you because I was freaking out. And I said, you know, I may or may not succeed, but David will forever know that I didn't trust him. And the whole point of this startup is to try to manifest what the kingdom of God looks like. And I would rather be shot in the face fighting for what I believe in than shot in the back running away in fear. Uh, and, I to- and I guess that's why I totally missed that that time and that project and stuff. Because it was what like... You totally missed? Oh, well, why why, why, why do you feel so nostalgic about the past? About uh, that music. About, yeah, I, I really miss that. I guess it's because it kind of was like the kingdom of God, at least closer than anything I've worked on before. Yeah, I mean, that so, was one of my, in January when I hit rock bottom, you know, it's kind of harsh to say it, but I'll say it, right, is that the verse that God gave me when I was at the absolute end of my rope was that the lame will walk. And David, you were lame, and you walked, right? If you actually, for a brief moment, believed you could be more than what you were, that you didn't just have to show, you know? Right. And yeah, this is this is the payoff of that, David. Like this is what it means to be in the kingdom of God, is that all the shame you have internalized to keep everybody happy, which is essential to our survival. Like we look back on medieval Europe and oh my, those serfs, they had to bow and scrape to the lords, and it was so humiliating, it was so shameful, it was so terrible that parents had to beat and indoctrinate their children to make them bow and scrape before the lords, right? 
But the fact mm-hmm. is, is that all of us are deeply conditioned in more subtle, uh, less physical, but probably more neurotic ways to hide from that shame. And it's everywhere. It's not just between classes anymore. And, like, this is why we need a Loki, is we are all bound up in these deep, deeply conditioned, same contracts. And the whole promise of the gospel is that there is a way to break those contracts, which may pain the people that you love, but it will not damage them. In fact, it will heal them. And the deeper lie is that you're not actually, I mean, even though all that compassion is true, you're really afraid, I think, not so much of hurting them, but of them judging you. Mm. That, that all hell will break loose. Yeah, yeah, I don't, oh, man, I don't like people's negative judgments. Yes, and this, but like, this is... Oh, this is, this I don't like a, that. So so rude when people do. Especially when it's accurate. Especially when it's accurate. Well, at least when it's accurate, I can I can say it's accurate. But so then, if you actually, but but then why aren't you then? But but this is this is the funny thing is that in the Loki myth, especially the uh, the actually the Marvel version, I thought did a brilliant job of this is that Zeus, which is a great stand-in for religion, was a benevolent god, but he got there by root, by, with his sister, with his daughter, Hell, just crushing the nine realms, you know, draining all the sultans, you know, corrupting all the sultan seas to create an era, a place of relative peace and harmony. And, but what happened is, is when Hell got, uh, you know, when, when Hell's debt came due, uh, Thor, with Loki's help, had to, in some sense, release Ragnarok. Is in order to destroy the works of Hell, they had to sort of unleash it and then destroy everything in order to save the people and, and bring them into a new world. And mm. like this is, and this is precisely, you know, the thing. This is like literally what Jesus did on the rock. Like the world basically dumped all of its negative judgment on him, who was completely innocent, right? And it destroyed him, right? He was alone, he was naked, he was mocked, he was scourged, he was killed, you know? But everything the world could do, it did to him. And, you know, he chose to do it because he loved us. And then perhaps most important of all, I don't know if I mentioned this one before, he showed us that the power of God is stronger than the worst thing this world can do. And in fact, the way to experience that joy, that life, that power, requires that we go through that same path. This is precisely the cross you must bear in order to be free. And you can barely imagine what it feels like to be free, but I'd like to think the Swan Factory gave you a little taste of that. Mm. And like, this is yeah, your birthright. That was a good thing, you know? 
so you you could so the question is what so you know what are you actually afraid of like what is the worst that could happen if you just confess that you have anger mm. I'm not being a good boy. <laughs> you really think she thinks you're a good boy? <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but, but if I confess, oh, confess, to, confess anger to Anna? Yeah. I'm angry at her? Yes. Then I hurt her feelings. Why? I hate it when she does that. She gets quiet. Oh, I hate that. Why? Um. Because then she's not happy. And I've ruined, you know, I've, I've upset her. And? Uh, and I don't know. Because, and this is interesting, right? Because let's face it, you often do things that upset her. <laughs> I know. Right? It's true. Right. So why is this thing different? Um. Because, like, it's like a purposeful. Right. So what, in some ways what I'm hearing is I like the phrase you use, that you feel like you wouldn't be a good boy, right? And a boy right. will occasionally act out, but he does what he's told. And that makes him a good boy, like a good dog. It's probably like you're a good dog, except when you eat AirPods, which he has a bizarre taste for. Anyway, um, but to be a good boy is to be a bad man, or at least a weak man, right? Yeah, yeah, because, right. But what about all the good things Anna does do for me? So, is anything... So, that is not... So, so because she does good things to you, you shouldn't tell her a truth that might hurt her. Right, I mean, she does have a servant's heart. Right, so the point is... More, like, more than I do. Right, but that's a whole separate issue of, that we can talk about some other time off camera. But the here's the interesting question. What I'm hearing you say is for you to admit the fact that you're angry at her might imply that she is doing something wrong 
and she may take that as condemnation, and that wouldn't be fair. Is that what I'm hearing? Is that a fair summary? Yeah, because she's very sensitive to to whether she's um, yeah, you know, she, image is a big thing to her, right? Image yeah, is a big, and, big thing to her. So, like, if I, if she'd be so embarrassed, like, I could like get up and walk out of the church service. You know, and I almost have at times when I was really rebellious and like, just like, this stuff doesn't work. This stuff doesn't make any sense at all. This is all crap. <laughs> and I thought about it, just get up and walk out. But bad, like, if she, even if she thought it was all crap and stuff, I don't think she could do that. And I, of course, I didn't do it because she, probably for the same reason she wouldn't, but I was more concerned about I know she'd be really upset at me. I don't care what strangers think. And that's the right. thing that gets me in trouble. I, I get in trouble a lot. Like <laughs> You get in trouble like, for like, all the wrong reasons, and you're terrified well, of getting I, in trouble for the right reasons. Well, I just, I say stuff. And then, like, it's not even, like, necessarily bad stuff, but she gets embarrassed. Like, one time we we were at church recently, and... Juliana was sitting with her girl and guy high school friends, and it was time, you know, we wanted to leave. Church was over, right? So we were breaking up her group, and I came in and I said, you know, we, Anna and I approached them, and I wanted to be funny, but you know how I am, I can be awkward too, and I, I just made an awkward joke about how, you know, we're breaking up her part, their party, like, and that, you know, this is. This is the problem with having parents that don't have any social life. <laughs> you know, I was bagging on our on our sociability because yeah. I was, yeah, but I was making I was making a joke, but Anna got really upset at that. I was like, "What? I didn't cuss. I didn't chew anyone out. I it wasn't it wasn't immoral. I wasn't talking sexually or jesting in any way. I was just saying that." You know, sorry, Juliana, this is what happens when you have loser parents. Or, yeah. And, of course, the kids didn't know what to do with that. I was laughing, but... Yeah, so here's the funny thing, and i got to go run, uh, do some stuff with my daughter. Uh, I can figure out how to get out of the parking spot I'm trapped in. Um, The... um, So I apologized to Juliana after when we were in the car in case I embarrassed her. She says, no, I was expecting it from you. They all know how you are. I think it's mommy. (laughs) She slowly called out Anna. She's like, I think it's mom you embarrassed. Yeah. So this is the interesting question, right, is that there's a part of you that is terrified at the thought of, deliberately embarrassing being embarrassing yourself in front of your wife. Mm. Right. And there's a part of yourself, which basically has its primary hobby of doing that. Right. Right. That's what I was going to say. I don't know. I'm terrified of it because I do it a lot. (laughs) Right. And here's, and I'll leave this as a thought and then I can catch you. How many hours do you have left driving by the way? Uh, let's see. What did the map say? Um, Hold on, it's calculating. I have two hours and 17 minutes left. 
Okay, so that'll be like uh, six o'clock. You'll get there. I will try and see if right. I can um, catch you before then. Um, but here's the interesting question. Uh, let me pause it. It was on the tip of my tongue, and I totally forgot it. The question is, ah, uh, I think the thing that you're actually afraid of is losing the myth of powerlessness. Because if you actually oh. take the initiative to say, this is what I think is the real issue here, and this is what I think is wrong, this is think is wrong. and this is what I'm going and to do. Are you there? Sorry? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, yeah, I'm still here. Are you cut out? Sorry. Okay, I, I think, think, I think it was only my own voice. I thought you were talking over me. I thought you were talking over me. Oh. I was talking over myself. I, talking I, do, that myself. I do that sometimes. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to leave it Maybe here on the cliffhanger. Okay. And I'll call you in an hour and or I'll two. I'll call you in an hour or two. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye.